to the Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer podcasts, which are now entering their fourth year of broadcast. Who would have thought that when Seth died in 2014, all these years later we would be making a podcast in his memory? It's a really exciting time for Charlotte and me. We've been recording 30 podcasts, one for each day in November, as part of Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. Charlotte has been talking to all kinds of people involved with pancreatic cancer and over the next 30 days we will hear lots of personal stories. Stories of love, stories of commitment, stories of hope and sadly, as always with pancreatic cancer, stories of loss. Each story will help you understand the challenges of pancreatic cancer as well as the signs and symptoms and will help you to have conversations with people and ensure that they are aware of what to look out for. Join us each day for our Purple Rainbow podcast. If you miss any of the episodes, you can catch up by visiting www.purplerainbow.co.uk where all of the podcasts will be stored for you to listen to at your leisure. Follow us on your podcast channel, like and share, and join us for an interesting month with lots of stories of love and hope. Hello, in this episode of Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcasts, I, Charlotte, Leslie's podcast partner in crime, uh, will be talking to a man called Tony Hull, or Tony Macaroni, as he told me he likes to be called, which is apparently a nickname that goes back to the time when he used to work with Leslie and Seth. We'll get onto that in a minute, but Tony uh, told me all about the different fundraising things he's been up to. And it wasn't necessarily his choice to be up to them. And he didn't necessarily have an easy ride either. And there's a clue as to what he got up to when I say easy ride. Uh, So as I did mention just a second earlier, he did used to work with Seth and Leslie. So I thought the best way to start off this interview was by asking Tony about Seth. Many, many years ago, um, worked on a number of different projects with Seth and, and Leslie, and he's he's very very dry sense of humour, and um, he just used to crack me up. Some of the things he would say is um, don't ask me to be side of him, but some of the things that he, he would say would just have me in tears. He's he's just so dry with with what he come out his one liners. It's um, yeah, very fond memories. And as a friend, what was he like? Um, he, he was just a really nice, really nice guy. You know, he, he, he helped me out on a number of occasions when I got stuck at, at work. I'd, I'd pick the phone up. I needed help, both Leslie and, and Seth, really. You know, you, you could always rely that he would come up with a, with a one-line answer and, and, and be a bit sarcastic and stuff, but he would always help you out. And, um, and you know, he, he was very much relied upon, very missed as well. Yeah, so obviously we're doing these podcasts to help raise awareness and to, you know, as part of Seth's legacy. You've been involved in a bit of fundraising since, you know, since Leslie sort of set up the whole Seth's legacy thing. Tell me about some of the things you've been up to, because it tends to involve two wheels, doesn't it? Yeah, I've kind of been doing a little bit of um, cycling, got into cycling, and um, only at a very, very 
you know, just going out on a Sunday. Never really thought myself into to be one of these that would go on the old Lycra stuff but um, and on two wheels. But I, I kind of got used to it and kind of like putting the Lycra on on a Sunday morning and, and going out. And I got to a point where I was doing maybe sort of 50 miles at, at, towards the, the end. I was doing it for about eight or nine months. Um, and then I, I get an email from Leslie um, asking me if I would step in and um, and do the London to Brighton bike ride uh, and step in on her behalf, which which was a bit of a shock, really, because I thought it's something I'd never even dreamed of, of doing. Um, but she said what it was what it was for, and of course I had to. Uh, it would have been rude not to not to take part, and I I never even questioned it really. Just said, yeah, I'm I'm up for it, um, and kind of that was it. And I kind of got myself landed in the deep end, as as I see it, going into London and doing. I mean, it's 54 miles, I think it was, in total, all the London to Brighton bike ride. And I said, yeah, let's do it. Let's let's go. I'm I'm up for that. And what was it like setting off? You kind of set off in groups, and um, and you kind of acknowledge people. I, I try and talk to as many people as, as I can, and um, and we kind of set off, and we was in a little tiny little group. There was some, and there's a different a whole array of different cyclists there. You know, you've got people that are doing it just fun. You've got some competitive. People, you've got the people that have spent ten grand on their mountain, you know, on their bikes, and then other people that just on their their penny farthing type bikes around. So a, a massive mixture, and it was it was good. The, the adrenaline really kicked on. A bit nervy first off because obviously when you're cycling on a on a racing bike, you you have what you you call your clips where you clip your feet into the pedals, and um, I'd been a bit nervy of that right from the start and had a couple of little mishaps where I couldn't get my feet out in time and actually fell off at junction. But we kind of set off and it's quite funny really because the group that we was in, there there was a few few of the guys there that were obviously quite into their cycling. So we kind of sped off a little bit, if you like, and we kind of caught the group up that was the stragglers from the group in front and um and we got to we must have been about five or six miles in and we got to this t-junction god such a memory um and and there must have been about a hundred at least a hundred riders at this t-junction they they didn't appear to me to to be what I, i would call uh out and out cyclists, race, races, if you like, lone riders. So I thought to myself, what I'll do is I can see these people. I want to get in front of all this this lot. So I'm going to go on the outside. And if I catch this right, I can just, without taking my feet out the pedals, I can go time it right, get to the junction, no cars are coming, and just shoot straight past them. So like Formula One driver, I was just going to, Take them all, and I I got to the T junction and I and I timed it. I thought I timed it perfectly. I I see some cars coming and I'm thinking let that car go. So I slowed up and then I see a gap, and I thought that's perfect. 
I'm, I'm just going to go for it. And when I got right in front of everybody, I see this bus coming. How I didn't see the bus coming from before, I have absolutely no idea. So I had to, I, I, I was either go and get risk getting hit by the bus, which obviously wasn't, wasn't on my game plan, or I had to break suddenly. And, and I just broke suddenly and come to a complete stop. But I was in such a fluster that I'd actually missed that tiny break where I could have got in front of everybody. I forgot to take my feet out of the clips on the pedals. And as I come to a stop, I just sat there in slow motion on the bike and I couldn't get my feet out. And I just, it was like a comedy sketch. I just went over in front of about, it must have been at least 100 people. And I just fell to the floor. Um, I was so embarrassed. I kind of got up, and it was just it was it was just funny. And everybody was started laughing and said, "Oh, you didn't see that coming." And this, and I looked round, and the whole it must have been a hundred people was just in fits of laughter as I laid on the floor and with my feet still in the in the pedals, and. Um, and I kind of got up, I, I dusted myself off, bright red. Um, I, I don't think I've ever been so embarrassed in all my life. And then I got back on my bike. And at that point, I had to, I had to get away from the 100 people that was behind me because I thought if they were going past me, they're just going to laugh and laugh and I'm never going to be able to do this bleeding thing. So... I, I set about on such a mission to, to try and get in front of the, uh, the embarrassment that I just made myself. And um, I, w- I was just going hammer and tongs. I, was, I, I went so fast. I, I, I was out of breath. But I thought, I can't stop because I, I need to be in front. I can't let any of these people that's just seen me fall over um, be in front. And then I, we was a good... A, a good few miles in. We must have been about 30 miles in at that point. And um, I was I was kind of going along and I thought to myself, right, that's it now. I couldn't see anybody behind me. And I thought, I'm, I'm in a good place. No one will, will even remember me if they do come up. And I'd kind of lost sight of the people in the front of me. And I got to a point where I was kind of on my own for a bit. And then I come across a sign that an arrow that was pointing left at a T-junction and an arrow pointing right. And I thought, right, up left or right. And I thought, oh, I must be right. So I went, I went right, thinking that that's the way to go. And then there was a guy behind me at that point caught up. So he... he followed me because I looked behind me thinking has he gone has he gone left or has he gone right so he looked at me and he must have thought I knew where I was going so he he turned right and then following on the people behind them that are slowly caught up will they turn right so I've now got um I've now got a, a string of people behind me now all following me and then I realized I'd, I'd gone for about another 10 miles to, to then not find any more arrows and thinking, I don't think that's right. So I put my sat-nav on my phone 
and realised I'd, I'd actually gone way out of my way. Um, I actually added another 26 <laughs> miles. I'm sorry. 26 miles to, to the already struggling 54. Um, and then the people behind me, they'd, they'd also um, they'd also mileaged up another 24 miles. They thought I knew where I was going. Um, and it was only at the end that I'd, I'd questioned it at a couple of the marshals, and they said that that was from a previous race on the arrows, and they'd forgot to take them down. But everybody was following the red arrows that said left, and I followed the yellow arrow that said right. So I actually done 80 miles. In, on that London to Brighton ride, um, and I, I can I can remember very clearly that I got to Box Hill, um, which is a very 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 steep hill on the London to Brighton ride, and I'd I'd got I'd got about fifteen feet up this hill and thought I I don't think I could I don't think I could do it I think my uh, I was out of breath. I was absolutely shattered and just the memory, I think, of, of Seth um, in my memory and doing it for, for Leslie, I, I really battled and I was determined not to put my feet down where loads of people around me was, was just walking up the hill and I thought there's absolutely no way I am, I am walking up this hill and from somewhere I just found the, the energy and, and found the determination to to clear it and got to the got to the top and then finished the um, finished the race a little bit longer than what I thought but then I didn't anticipate doing an extra 20, 20 odd miles so it's quite eventful really just a little bit what do you think Seth would have made of your let's call them mishaps, you know, the, the falling over in front of everyone and then going the wrong way for 20 miles. That, I think that would have made him smile, that's for sure. It was, um, I think the falling over really in, in front of all them people was was so embarrassing and it was it was just something that I didn't anticipate doing. It, it, it was just so funny, just getting to there and it was just like slow motion. I just... I just didn't even think about twisting my, my feet. I just tried to take my foot off to put my, my foot down and couldn't get it out. And, you know, just, I don't know if it was embarrassment or, or what, or whether I, the, the near miss from the bus and just went over like a, like a sack of spuds. Just, yeah, funny. And yet that didn't put you off doing another big bike challenge either. You've done the Prudential 100 as well. Yeah, yeah, glad for punishment. I um, <laughs> well, did you add any extra miles to that one? Do you think a hundred wasn't quite enough this time? You know, add some more. <laughs> no, I, I, I did, I did the, I did the hundred. Um, I, I, I made sure that I followed someone during the whole hundred miles. Um, nothing. I, I, I guess I was a bit more experienced then, so I didn't actually fall off on that that ride. Um. Although I did have stabilizers on my bike throughout the whole uh, hundred mile, no, I didn't really. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't fall off, and I and I didn't lose my way. Um, and yeah, that was a tough. That was a tough, tough ride. Have you got any more challenges planned? No, I'm waiting for for more emails from Leslie. I've actually got them on alert, so so when they do come up, I'm, I'm on holiday that week. 
Um, so uh, <laughs> it, it depends what Leslie puts herself in for and then sends me the email for. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm up for, for, for all sorts of challenges like that. Thank you so much to Tony for spending time with me and talking to me about A, his memories of Seth and also the experience he had. And it sounds like it was an utter experience uh, raising money by doing the London to Brighton bike ride and then the other 100 mile bike ride as well. As you know, this is part of a series of podcasts. We are talking to all sorts of people across November, a podcast a day throughout November. And we're going to hear more stories of fundraising. We're going to hear more stories of people sharing their memories of their loved ones. And we're also going to hear more stories from researchers and the medical professions as well. It is all part of just raising awareness and getting those conversations started. You can always get in touch with us. We'd love to hear what you think. You can find us at purplerainbow.co.uk. And remember to make sure you don't miss an episode. You can follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from.